Good. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the last verse in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 16. Amen. I feel like the ending is soon. I'd like to title this message, In Closing. No, not really. Amen. But uh, I've enjoyed these 13 months. You say 13 months, most, most, most Sunday morning and Sunday night, or it took two years. And uh, let's pray that God would uh, give wisdom on this bus situation. We're trying to buy one. We've got a real good bus that we can buy. And then also we want to fix this one as a backup. And I found out how to fix it this afternoon at lunch. All we need is some aluminum foil. We can fix that thing. The person suggested that the way he learned to fix things is you wrap the, what do you call the little thing? Fuse in aluminum foil and let it burn. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Hey, but anyway, um, and so we're going to wrap it in aluminum foil and see what happens. But um, that's an old-fashioned shade tree mechanic that was speaking, and most shade tree mechanics will burn the shade tree down. Amen. But anyway, let's go to let's go to Mark chapter 16. Amen. It is a serious note that I want you to pray about that. Amen. I want to get this going so they can have 50 on the bus if they want to. Amen. And the whole team can be on it because they have a bus program. They just don't ride the little bus in. They quote scriptures and sing. And that's always been the vision of Brother John Carver is to have a program on the bus because we don't waste time. We only have them a few hours a week. And I think while they ride, they ought to be quoting scripture, singing, praising God, being disciplined, and keep them from throwing each other out the window. Amen? It's a blessing. Bus ministry, you can't beat it. It's uh, the life of our church. Amen. Amen? Let's get with it. We need to build some more routes. We need to fill those vans. I think it's a waste of gas if we don't fill up the vans. That's right. That's right. Amen. Let me just harp a little bit of it. Then on a more serious prayer request, that is a serious prayer request, not how we're going to fix it. We'll turn it over to Brother Gary. But I want you to pray for Jimmy Clark. I failed to mention him in the prayer room. I feel terrible about that. He buried his dear wife yesterday at 11 o'clock. I think he preached at her funeral. And uh, that would be very hard. I can't imagine what he, he's going through. So I want you to pray for him. If he can find somebody to drive him, he's coming here to preach soon. He just don't drive anymore because of some things, personal things. But uh, I'd love to hear him preach again, wouldn't you? He's the most simple but profound preacher I've ever met. I'll never get one revival he preached on, the sin of complaining. And I want to tell you something. The altar should have been double full. It was full because there was a lot of complainers at that time in our church. Most of them left, but... Uh, uh, he preached on the sin of complaining. And amen. I want to tell you something. My wife got right with God. I got right with God. She never complains. I do. But anyway, um, and it was just a blessing. So I appreciate Brother Jimmy Clark, don't you? I want you to pray for him. I want you to lift him up in prayer this week when he comes to your heart. And uh, ask God. He had to give up his home, uh, the girl's home. Now he has to give up his wife. And uh, I pray he don't give up preaching for a while. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the last verse in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 16. And uh, I want to read verse 19, but I'm going to preach out of verse 20. Let's stand on the Word of God. 
Aren't you glad we don't have a chapter left, amen? Y'all don't like to stand. I am really going to try this one time. I'm going to sit and let y'all stand for the whole service. And you'll say, you know what y'all would say? I'm finding another church. Some of you would leave the church over that. I guarantee you would. I'm not complaining. I'm just observing. But um, that, that, that's something to think about. Why should the preacher stand the whole time? Let's go on. Verse 19 and 20. <laughs> Did he get a bitter on me? It says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. I don't know if you got thrilled about that or not. This morning I got thrilled. And they went forth. Here they go. Here's the response. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight. And they went forth and preached everywhere. I wish that would happen in our church. We'd preach everywhere. The Lord working with them. That's the blessing of it all. And confirming the word, not the preacher or the faith healer, confirming the word with signs following. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Father, thank you for the liberty I felt this morning. I don't think I've ever felt so much liberty to preach as I did this morning. And I don't go by that. Uh, but Lord, I sure appreciate the receptiveness of this church, the prayers of this church. But Lord, most of all, I appreciate you. I appreciate that I have a risen, ascended Lord to preach about and lift and love and adore and proclaim to a lost and dying world that you're the answer. So Lord, help us to be sent forth by the ascended Lord today. Give us holy boldness, but holy compassion as we go from here, being your witnesses in these very last days. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe I left off a lot this morning, so I'm not going to try to review much, but I want to do, I do want to review this, is that, folks, there's a great significance of the ascension. He died, he was buried, he arose, and 40 days later he ascended, and he's on the right hand of God. And so therefore, because he's on the right hand of God, he's the consoling one. Because he sent the comforter. I love that song, Brother Randy, thank you. The comforter has come. And if you don't believe the Holy Ghost is real, prove to me why Peter became such a powerful, dynamic disciple and servant of God and preached and 3,000 people saved. And a few weeks before that, he was cussing and denying that he even knew the Lord. See, the risen Lord will make a difference in your life. Amen. But the ascended Lord will really make a difference in your life. He's a confessing one. He's confessing us. He's the mediator. He's the advocator. He's the advocate. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's a confirming one. His presence in heaven guarantees our presence. That's what I want to get to in review just real quickly. I want you to look at Ephesians 2.6, please. Ephesians chapter 2-6. I think it's all right to smile and laugh in church because we've got a bunch of broken hearts here so we might as well enjoy the time of peace and joy while we're here. And then when we go out there, go with the joy of the Lord in our hearts. But Ephesians chapter 6, excuse me, no, uh, chapter 2, verse 6, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. I love this. The Bible says we're dead in our sins and trespasses, verse 2. But then it goes on to say that we're quickened by the Spirit. 
And then the divine conjunction is, but God, in verse 4, who is rich in his mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Can somebody say amen right there? And listen to this now. Here's here's verse 6. It says, and he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Here's the key. In Christ Jesus. Now folks, you can believe the heresy of losing your salvation if you want to, but my Bible tells me we're already there. Positionally speaking, we are in heavenly places in Christ because we're in Christ and he's in us. Say amen right there. And folks, I want to tell you something. We were baptized into the body of Christ when we're saved, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And he's placed within us the Holy Spirit, Colossians 1, 7. It's a treasure in earthen vessels. It's the glory of God in our hearts. And thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says this, whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the truth, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of, uh, of promise. Now listen to this, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Folks, there's a twofold assurance of our salvation. The Spirit of God seals us and he's the earnest of heaven. That means he's the down payment of what's ahead, say amen. Heavenly joy, heavenly peace, heavenly purpose, heavenly power. But also, not only is he in us, but we're in him. And if we're in him, where is he at? We'll turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Don't you love to study the word of God? Amen. This is a tremendous crowd. I am so excited that I'm nervous. But look at Hebrews chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse, and we shouldn't take this for granted. We shouldn't take this for granted. I'm talking to myself. Hebrews 6, 18 through 20 is some wonderful verses. I love these verses. It says that by two immutable things, I'll wait on you, Hebrews. It's in the New Testament, that's all I can tell you. Hebrews, amen, okay, here we go. Verse 18, Hebrews 6. I want you to see these wonderful verses. It says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Can somebody say amen? It's impossible for God to lie. And it goes on to say, we might have a strong consolation. That means assurance, peace, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now, folks, our hope is not I hope I'm saved. A lot of times I'll ask people, say, if you died today, do you know you go to heaven? They say, well, I hope so. Well, I want to tell you something. You better be better. You better be more sure than you hope so with that question mark and those eyes real wide saying, I hope so. It's almost like a question mark. Folks, it ought to be an exclamation point. You ought to say, my hope is in Jesus Christ, and I put my hope in him when I got saved. Amen? But look at this. It's, it's the greatest, greatest commentary is the Bible on the Bible. It says, which hope we have. What hope? What assurance? As an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. <clears throat> of course, the veil is the holies of holies of heaven. And so, folks, listen. I, I think I need to read one more verse. <clears throat> it says, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest. Don't ever call anybody a priest on this earth. No, they're not. 
forever after the order of Melchizedek, the first high priest before the law. And I want you to see this, friend. Our forerunner is Jesus. He's the trailblazer. Praise God, he's charted the way. He is in heaven, beyond the veil of heaven. He's our anchor. And so folks, don't ever think your anchor is built on this earth. Your anchor is planted in your good works. Your anchor is put in religion, some denomination. Your anchor is in your good works. Your anchor is in uh, what, how you can hold on or pray through. No, folks, our anchor is in heaven. And we're the only people that have an anchor that's up. Say amen. And that anchor is Jesus Christ. He's already there, so therefore we are already there positionally. We're just foreigners. We're sojourners. We're passing through. And folks, I want to tell you something. He scouted the trail. He's cleared the way. And thank God we can rest knowing this. If Jesus is in heaven and he really ascended, then if you put your faith and trust in him, you're already there. Say amen. So how in the world could you ever believe a false doctrine that you could lose it? The only way you can lose your salvation is Jesus gets kicked out of heaven. And he's God, and he ain't getting kicked out of heaven. Say amen. So folks, I'm going to tell you something. He is a confirming one. By his presence in heaven, you can be saved, 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 and sealed and know it because your anchor is in him. And then he is the completing one. One day, we're going to have a mansion, not an apartment like the NIV. And by the way, if I'd used the NIV, I wouldn't be preaching this message because those verses are not in their Bible. They took all those verses out from verse 9. Was it, was it verse 9 on, Brother Jeremy? Our Bible authority shaking his little head yes. And uh, thank God, folks, if we had an NIV, I'd been finished about three weeks ago. Thank God I ain't got no NIV, amen, because I'm going to tell you something. Those verses are the inspired word of God, and folks, we shouldn't mess with it, but because of copyright laws, they take out these verses so they can say, let's make some more money. It's all about money. But let's go on and say this, friend. Not only is he the consoling one, the confirming one, uh, thank God the confessing one, he confesses us before the Father. The completing one, he's, he's working on our mansion in heaven, but thank God he's the coming one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, he said, John 14. He said, I, he said don't, don't let your heart be troubled. If you, believe in me, if you believe in me, believe also in him. And folks, he said, whether I am, there you may be also. And whether you go, I know, and the way you know. And Thomas was so dumb and so dense and so doubting. He said, Lord, we know not where thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One of the greatest definitions of, of death is being received. God received Jesus up into the holies of holies with the blood presented. And folks, he'll receive you one day, not by your works, not by your credentials, not by your selfish works, not by your uh, good works, but he'll, he'll, he'll accept you in the beloved. And he'll accept you by the blood. And he'll accept you because you believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension. And thank God, death will be overtaken in victory at that time. And so we see the implications of the Savior through the resurrection and the ascension. But I want to show you in closing, verse 20, what it means to us saints. Either you're a saint or you ain't. You're either in or you're out. 
You're either saved or you're lost. There's no in-between. You're not in purgatory even though you don't like this world. The Bible says that he ascended and it impacted heaven, but it impacts us that's left on this earth. Thank God, number one, I want you to see these final verses in Mark. There's a ministry. There's a ministry. Let's go back to Mark and we'll close this uh, wonderful book. Mark chapter 16, verse 20 says, And they went forth, there's a ministry, and preached everywhere. Everywhere. Folks, I want to tell you what happened. Ten days after Jesus ascended back into heaven, an amazing thing took place. You can read about it in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. 120 people gathered. Tomorrow, we'll probably have about five from their church and about five from our church, it looks like. I don't even have to take a van. I'm going to take a Volkswagen after that response. But anyway, uh, I don't have a Volkswagen, but, you know, we can just take a car. But I want to say this. There's 120 people gathered to pray. And let me just say this. According to the Word of God, they were all on the same page. Hallelujah. They were all together. They were all there in obedience. They were all agreeing. And praise God, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is a beautiful verse right before the ascension. He said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said this, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? Folks, we got a ministry. That ministry is to be filled with the Spirit of God and go out, preach and teach and proclaim the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And on that day, they preached the gospel in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2. And 3,000 people from all over the world gathered in Jerusalem for a special occasion called Pentecost got saved. And you know what the impact of that was? All those people that got saved they went back home. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, they turned the world upside down. Amen. And folks, Mark 16, 15 says, they simply shared the gospel. We have a ministry. The same message that these disciples had, we got. Amen. That he's alive. That he arose. And that God sent you. Look at Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Somebody circulate a little air up here, please. I'm about to pass out. I didn't say cold air. I just said air. Amen. And it's too quiet up here too. Amen. I can hear y'all snore. But look at Matthew 28. No, y'all listening good. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, please. The Bible says this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Thank God, folks, the last commission should be our first concern. Say amen. We ought to realize if he really died, and he did, and if he was buried, and he did, and if he rose, and he did, and if he ascended, and right before he ascended, if he said, hey, listen, go and tell. Wait for the Spirit of God. Stay in the prayer room and preach the gospel. 3,000 people were saved. Hundreds of multitudes of Priests were saved in Acts chapter 6. Thousands and thousands of people were saved. Why? Because they had a ministry. I'd like to title the message tonight, not that I'm starting over, but I'd like to title the message sent by the ascended one. The Lord ascended, but he left us a job. He left us a will. 
He had us go and gladly glorify God through the Word of God. Not everyone who hears the message will believe. But I want to tell you something. If one believed, it'd be worth it all. It'd be worth the whole world. And then I want you to see not only their ministry, but I want you to see their master. Look in this verse 20. We're closing. Um, Mark chapter 16, verse 20. The Bible says, They went forth preaching everywhere the Lord. The Lord. But it doesn't stop there in that verse. It says, The Lord working with them. I like that, don't you? That means we're co-laborers. We have a partner. We have a power. We have a Holy Spirit in us saying amen when we preach the word. When we hand out a track, the Holy Spirit follows them. I like the word track. It means it tracks them down. Amen? Some people call it a brochure. Some people call it a message. Some people call it a pamphlet. But we call it tracks because they'll track you down. Amen? And I want to tell you something. It'll track you to Calvary. It'll track you to the resurrection. It'll track you to the ascension. I'm saying, folks, if you'll just do what God tells you to do and be his partner, he'll do the work. Working with them. Working with them. And we saw last week that there's confirmation signs of handling snakes, um, um, uh, preaching in his name, uh, drinking deadly poison and not dying, um, healing, uh, speaking in new tongues. All that was for the apostles because there was no Bible. 1 Corinthians 6, don't let me go through this too much, but 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse 8 says, that which is perfect comes, that which was in part will be done away with. Hebrews chapter 2 says that the disciples went out authenticated. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 14, hurry back. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 14, the Bible says this. Now listen to me now, listen to me. That we have the signs of the apostles. There is no apostles today. As Brother Sammy Allen corrected me out in the hallway a while ago, says, you shouldn't say that that preacher's staying at the prophet's chamber. You ought to say it's the preacher's chamber. And I thought to myself, well, who is he, who does he think he is? I said, he's Sammy Allen. I'm going to listen to him, amen? And, 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 and I said, yo, he's right. There is no prophet. There ain't a prophet chamber over there, New Life. It's a preacher's chamber, amen? It's a good, state of, it's a good place to stay cheap. Say amen. Thank God for them. We, we had a lot of people over there. But I want to tell you something, friend. There is no prophets. There is no apostles. But I want to tell you something. In those days, they authenticated them, and every one of these signs came true in the book of Acts. Even the handling of the snake, praise God, Paul didn't die. Now, folks, if you think that's for you today, I feel sorry for you. And I ain't going to never join your church because I ain't handling no snake till Jesus comes, amen? And then I won't have to handle one. But I want you to know, friend, first he did it through, the, through intercession. He co-labored with them in intercession. You know what that means? He's on the right hand of God backing you up. I, I just, I just, I'm thrilled about this. I'm excited about this message because I know when I go out and hand out a track, he's praying for me. He's interceding for me. He's done the work. I've just got to obey. I've got to plant the seed. The Holy Spirit will give the increase. He'll bring the conviction. I'm not the convictor. I'm not Mr. Holy Spirit. I'm Mr. Wayne Cofield. Amen? But I want to tell you something. I have one within me. And I have one that will stay after I go and plant the seed. And folks, why can't we have some holy boldness? Why do we have to depend upon Mark Tolson to go to a place 
where his life is in jeopardy? Why do we have to send missionaries all over the world and then we don't, we don't do what we need to do right here? Right here? Folks, we got the same Holy Ghost. And we got the same calling. And we got the same message. And praise God, we ought to get excited about it enough to be obedient and let God have his way in our life. We're to go forth preaching knowing that the Lord is working with us. We're co-labors for Christ. Second of all, he, did, he, he works with us through the Holy Spirit. Now, I've, I've made a lot about this, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. Without him, you can do nothing. And without him, there is no conviction. And without him, there is no conversion. It's the Holy Ghost through your life. You know what that does for me? It takes the pressure off of me being a witness. I just need to yield. I don't need to wheel and deal. I don't need to depend upon my vibrant personality. I don't need to depend upon my presentation. I don't need to depend upon my training. What I need to depend upon is the Holy Spirit. Now, the God can use your personality. And some of you got some and some of you don't. But I'm telling you, they, God can use it. He can use shy people to reach shy people. Amen. Because you won't turn them off like I will. I'll say too much. I'll be too loud. I'll be too enthusiastic. You can just come calmly to the door and calmly win somebody to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. That's wonderful. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be you. But let God be who he is through you. And so, folks, we have a ministry. And thank God. We have a master, but folks, we got a motivator. Look at verse 20. The Bible says this, confirming the word. Confirming the word. They preach, and Jesus ever confirms the word. With demonstration of divine power. The signs are no longer in force as far as the apostles are concerned, but he confirms the word in every lost person that lives it. Have you ever lived in a more liberal day than we live in today? You know that shacking is accepted today? You know that Hollywood promotes it today? Have you watched the do good doctor and the bad doctor and the good lawyer and the bad lawyer lately? And folks, I'm going to tell you something. A queer is sure to show up. A lesbian is sure to show up. I don't call them gays. They're not happy. Folks, I want to tell you something. Same-sex marriage is sure to show up. There's an agenda. It's a blatant agenda to get us to accept darkness and to accept sin. Folks, I want to tell you something. By the Holy Ghost in your life, sin should be exceedingly sinful. You ought to be bothered by the lifestyle of sin. You ought to not be accepting it. You ought to not come to church and not be bothered and under conviction when the preacher preaches against your sin that's in your life. Say amen. And folks, until we get right with God, the spirit is stayed. The prayers will not be answered. And thank God, friend, we'll be on our own. And that's not a good place to be when you're representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords and you're trying to see a soul get under conviction. Amen. Folks, we're not trying to win people to this church. We're trying to win people to an almighty God. If our life is not changed and our life is not filled with the Spirit of God and our life is not filled with compassion and our life is not filled with consecration, how in the world do you think they're going to listen? Your prayers will be hindered. And folks, I want to tell you something. He confirms the word by touching a lost sinner's heart with the change in your life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Well, all things come new. 
Now, folks, I still believe in repentance. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in consecration. And I believe that we're all called to be priests of God and that we ought to put blood on our thumb and blood on our earlobe and blood on our big toe and our walk is no longer our own. Our will is no longer our own. Our thoughts are not no longer our own. Our little schedule is not our own. And by the way, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, our life is not our own. We're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which is your disposition. And we can all work on that and say amen. But thank God, friend, we are a confirmation of the proof positive evidence of the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension. Did I do something? Thank God. Oh, folks, don't worry about it. It's one of the assisted hearings. Just change channels or listen to somebody else. Amen. <laughs> We're listening now to Jack Hiles. He's dead. Listen to me. I'm alive. He's alive. He confirms his word by keeping his promise. Folks, he said he'd be with you. He'll be with you. He said he'd bless his word. He'll bless his word. He said he'll bless your efforts and your prayers. He'll answer your prayers. Folks, I'm just telling you, it's a blessing to be with the risen one, to represent God Almighty. I'm thrilled this week that I can go out and represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he's high and lifted up. And folks, I want to tell you something. He's not on manageable terms where I can get my way with my little contemporary music and contemporary lifestyle and say, hey, you sit over here in the corner. We're going to have a good time until we're ready for you to come up and perform. Folks, I want to tell you something. He's more than just part of the program. He is the program. He's more than just the entertainment. He's the intercessor, say amen. He's more than just a, a part. He is the whole. And he is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's everything, amen. And without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can say the Lord of glory has risen. And thank God he's ascended. And thank the Lord he's coming back. We ought to believe it with all our heart. We believe more about who will win a ball game than we do about Jesus coming again. So let me just wrap up this. The ascension of the Lord is an amazing event. Don't ever underestimate the doctrine of the ascension. It opened the door of that city for all the redeemed. He even went down to Shoal and released all the Old Testament saints and they marched in together. Can you, can you picture that? In the Bible days, they had a triumphant. So the Bible says we are triumphant in him. I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And they'd literally put the king's head on a chariot's wheel. And they'd put the uh, king's treasure in their, in their chariot. And they'd come in and there'd be a beautiful ceremony that the conquering king. And I want to tell you something. When the Lord went to heaven, he came in as a triumphant conqueror. I mean, a resurrected Lord. He paid it all. He had the devil's head on the chariot wheel. He had self. He had this world. He had the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life on the chariot saying, hey, I've conquered death, hell, and the grave, and I'm home now, and I'm going to intercede for those that's coming home. And thank God, friend, we have an open door 
but we have an open triumph. We're more than conquerors. Don't say you can't live the Christian life. Say you won't live the Christian life. Don't say I can't give up smoking. Say you won't give up smoking. That's just an illustration, amen. There's a lot worse sins than that. But that is suicide on the installment plan. Say amen right there. You can kill yourself if you want to, but I'm going to drink Pepsis and eat moon pies and kill me. Amen. I told someone today, I ain't going to preach on gluttony for a while. Amen. Folks, listen. We are more than triumphant. We're more than conquerors. We're victorious because Jesus conquered death, conquered hell, conquered the devil, and he went back up in triumph and presented the blood. And he's there now. They're singing, we'll work till Jesus comes. No, they're singing amazing grace, redeemed by the blood. Ten thousands and thousands singing about the Lamb of God, their victor. Angels know not the song, but every saint in heaven is praising God for the blood. Number two, the ascension not only opened doors of that city for the redeemed, but the ascension allowed the Holy Spirit to descend. Folks, I don't know about you, but I'm filled and I'm thrilled with the presence of God. I thank God that this shy, introverted son of a drunk before I got saved and become a son of the king has the Spirit of God to preach through me. I don't know what I'd do without him, but I sure wouldn't try to preach without him. You're talking about the most frustrating thing you can ever do is try to preach in the flesh. I mean, everybody will walk out on you. Everybody will go to sleep. Nobody will be touched. Lives will not be changed. I want to tell you something, friend. This is more than some oratorical ability. This is the unction of the Holy Spirit when a preacher preaches. And folks, it's a divine privilege to represent him. And folks, it's an awesome responsibility. Awesome. And so, folks, if you want to pray one prayer, and I'm going to preach on this Tuesday. Y'all can stay at home if you want to. I'm going to preach on if I had one prayer request for this church, it would be the fullness of the Spirit of God. Because if you're full of the Spirit of God, He tells you what to preach. He tells you what to pray. He enters you into the presence of God. He takes care of you. He comforts you. He encourages you. And praise God, He uses you. We just need one prayer request. For this whole church. Lord, fill me, control me with your spirit. Ascended Lord, thank you for the descended Holy Spirit to my heart. And I'm going in your power. That's what the Tosin's got to do. That's what this dear family members of y'all's got to do in Bolivia that's trapped down there with roadblocks and can't get out of the country. They got to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit sent them there and the Holy Spirit will use them. Then last but not least, it puts God's people to work for the glory of God. In this world, thank God for the ascension because when he ascended, the Holy Spirit descended. And the last verse, the last word says amen. Amen. I think with all my heart, we ought to be the amen to the statement that he's alive. That he ever lives on the right hand of God. They turned the clock off back there. I'm free. Amen. No. Thank God.
for the ascended Savior. May I say this? He's sending you. He's sending you. He wants you to give up the comforts of America. He wants you to give up the pride that somebody will make fun of you when you go knock on doors. He wants you to give up your shyness. A lot of times that's pride. You're afraid you'll get your feelings hurt. I understand. I don't like to get my feelings hurt either. But he wants you to yield best you can. Totally consecrate your life and say, Dear God, fill me with your spirit. And when he fills you, he fills you to overflow. And you become what? Witnesses. You're a witness commissioned by the ascended Lord. If that does not give you confidence and authority, you're missing all this message is about. If that doesn't give you a commission of priority, you've missed the point. If it doesn't give you compassion, because some people have never heard that he died, that he was buried, that he rose, he's on the right hand of God, still praying for us. And he left the Holy Spirit. It's expedient that he depart. And he left the Holy Spirit to abide in our hearts that we could be usable for his glory. Father, thank you for the book of Mark. I'm kind of sad that it's over. But Lord, I thank you for it. And I think I've never enjoyed preaching as much in the last year, 13 months, as I have through this book. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the health to be here. I thank you, dear God, for the study, the hours of studying. I thank you, dear God, for those that's helped me. And most of all, Lord, I thank you for the Spirit of God that's anointed me to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Lord, fill us is our prayer tonight. God, commission us, you already have, but consecrate us. Help us to dedicate our life. Help us to shuck our sins and our selfishness and our pride and our vainglory. And God, may we submit to your will. And your will is that not any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And your will is that we take the gospel to them before it's too late. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe there's someone in here tonight would say, Preacher, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad that when I got saved, the Spirit of God came in my life or I couldn't make it. The Spirit of God has sealed me to the day of redemption, and I will make it. I'll go to heaven one day. How many glad that you're saved? Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this auditorium, nobody's looking. Amen. How many glad you're saved? Say amen. Y'all rejoice over that fact. Y'all rejoice. Y'all be so thankful. You could be in China blind with nobody to tell you about the gospel, and they're kicking out their messengers. They're kicking out their messengers. They have to flee for their life. Is there anyone that could not raise your hand and you say, Preacher, please pray for me? I wasn't going to give this invitation. I really wasn't, but maybe somebody needs it. Is there anyone say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but you please pray for me? Just slip your hand up and then back down, anyone. I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. I didn't say if you joined the church. Everybody in Dalton joined the church. I'm talking about have you been saved? you have the Spirit of God in your life? Is there fruit of repentance? All hearts clear?
How many say, preacher, believer in the last days? I believe that the Lord sent me and commissioned me to be a witness. And I want to be a spirit-filled witness. And I want to be sent by the ascended Lord. Folks, time's running out. You never know when you're going to take your last heartbeat. Some of you that's had heart attacks, you wasn't expecting them. But it happened suddenly, didn't it? It just happened suddenly. But I'll tell you this, friend. More sudden than death, the trump of God's going to sound. And folks, a rapture's going to take place. And our opportunity to witness will be over. Because they'll take, he'll take us home. We'll be with him forever. Hammond said, Preacher, I want to be a better witness. I want to be a spirit-filled witness. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? All over this place. God bless you. God has commissioned you. God has called you. And folks, if you're all possessed by something else, I feel sorry for you. Because you're, you're, you're submitting to a lower calling. God's called you to the high calling of being His ambassador. Father, use this message and we'll thank you for it. We thank you, dear God, for the book of Mark that's portrayed the Lord as a servant. So God, help us to be your servant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.